What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Talk with Beauties, episode 98, the Wednesday news. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about Bayern Leverkusen because they are making history. We got a 6-7 menace playing for the New York Rangers, and Arizona State Hockey had an eventful Friday night. But first, let's head into the MLB. So we'll start off with the signings. Spring training started, so everyone's starting to kind of finalize their signings. Still a lot of big names that have not been um, finding a new team, but these guys did. So Miami and Tim Anderson agreed to a one-year $5 million contract. Detroit and Gio Urshela, one-year $1.5 million. Chicago Cubs finally get the re-signing of Cody Bellinger, three years, $80 million. I heard there was rumors that he wanted about five or six years potentially 150 to 200 million dollars i'm not surprised that no one signed him if that is the price tag that he wanted and and same with his uh his agent so i would not be surprised if that's what they wanted but i'm also not surprised that um nobody did sign up for that so uh supposedly this is a opt-out after one year and after two years potentially for bellinger so it's really just a one-year contract potentially meaning that he could get that one year and go back into free agency and look for that five to six year deal he is looking for. So who knows, maybe it's going to happen, but that is um, finally finalized and Bellinger is back in the Cubs uniform. Uh, LA Dodgers, Kike Hernandez has signed back with LA for one more year. I I love Kike. I'm so happy to see him back in LA. I heard rumors that he was getting potential offers from the Angels. Of course, I don't know if those are true, but those are all rumors. There was a couple other teams too. The Padres and the Giants were a few of them as well. Uh, Kike, I'm not surprised, is going back to LA. That team looks outstanding. Um, Kike is known as one of the most fan favorite Dodger out there. He's honestly one of my favorite Dodgers right now. Um, Outside of, of course, Otani. Um, it's always been Bellinger and Kike for me. I like both of those guys so much. I think Kike is just antics in in the... And the dugout and his personality, I think it's just easy to like him. So I'm very happy that Kike is back for the for the Dodgers. And last uh, new signing, St. Louis is going to pick up Brandon Crawford, the all-star uh, shortstop from the Giants. And I think that is only a one-year contract. There's no details on that. Uh, Pittsburgh has announced that they're extending Mitch Keller to five more years. Good good signing there. They definitely need some star pitching, and Keller is one of those star pitchers right now in the league, so that's a good extension there. Uh, we had a tiny trade between the Dodgers and the Twins. Noah Miller is going to the Dodgers in ex- exchange for Manuel Margot. Pretty much a one-for-one, one, just nothing real special there. New York Mets got some bad news. Starting pitcher Kodai Senga will be out with a right posterior capsule strain in his shoulder. That means he's likely to miss opening day. Uh, There's no timeline return for him, but uh, don't expect him to come back anytime soon is the unfortunate news for the Mets. Dodgers are expected to hire Matt Kemp as an advisory role for the Dodgers. I think that's actually a pretty cool pickup. Matt Kemp is also one of the most loved uh, Dodger guys um, dating back to the early 2000s and um, uh, 2010s and stuff like that so uh, Matt Kemp coming back to LA Blue I'm liking it and last thing to talk about Kansas City Royals they actually received a waiver to get their normal size lettering on the back of the uniform so it's 
everyone's been talking about these uniform changes. We talked about it on the podcast last week, really in depth. Um, I'm still not a fan of them. It's been a couple spring training games, and we've seen more and more pictures on them. Still not a huge fan of them. Still don't really like them. Um, I will say on screen, they don't look nearly as bad. But up close and personal, and you see all these pictures and the, the quality, and I'm just not a fan of that. So do not like them overall. But anyways, this waiver, Kansas City, I guess, did not like the lettering. Uh, mainly on it so um, they pretty much said like hey we want to bring back our old lettering size and uh, the MLB and Fanatics or Nike I'm not sure which one of those two um, agreed to say yes to it so they're the only team to go back to the old lettering that they had on the previous uniforms so I'll throw some pictures up there are a few pictures out there I actually think it looks better I think the curve is a little too much for me still I don't like how much uh, it curves around those numbers. It looks a little awkward on some of the names. But when you have the, the smaller names, um, I think it looks good. And I think the letters uh, being bigger definitely makes the uniform look a lot better. It looks more normal than it does um, with the, the new uniform. So awesome. Let's see if more teams are able to do this. But as of right now, Kansas City is the only team with the waiver and getting the, the old uniform look back. So good job by the Royals there. All right, let's head to the NHL now. We got the Rangers extending Johnny Bronzinski for two years, and he's going to get 787000 uh, AAV. Montreal claims Colin White from the Pittsburgh Penguins, and later in the week, they made a trade. Emil Brenstrom will be coming to the Penguins uh, from Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for Alex Nylander and a conditional 2026 six-round pick. That condition is if Brenstrom scores six goals and is six goals or more from now to the rest of the season, he that trick or the, that pick will go from a six to a third round pick. So that's a pretty good condition there. So you're definitely probably going to see Brenstrom in the lineup for the Pens, hopefully getting maybe a little bit more opportunities since uh, potentially this uh, condition pick going from a six to a third. The Coyotes have announced that they are terminating the contract of Adam Runzica. Uh, that's due to a post on his social media account where he was showing off some things that definitely should not be shown off if you're um, not just professional, uh, but outside of professional, just people in general. Should, shouldn't be boasting it. So they announced that they are terminating the contract of uh, Runzica. Valerie Nachushkin, he plays for the Colorado Avalanche. He was on the... Um, player assistant program a couple maybe almost a month and a half ago now um, he has actually been cleared by the NHL and the NHL PA player assistant program to come back and practice and potentially play with the, the avalanche so that is huge news for the Avs he's probably one of the leading goal scorers um, on that team outside of uh, uh, McCarr McKinnon and uh, Rantanen so having a Chushkin back in that lineup is definitely going to help make that team look very strong and as we mentioned at the top of the show, that's 6'7 Beast from the New York Rangers. His name is Matt Rempe. Uh, this guy, 6'7, 241. He's a menace out there. He's huge. Made his debut in the Stadium Series game against the New York Islanders that past week. He's actually only played just under about 10 minutes of game time through those four or five games he's had this season. And he has accumulated over 27 penalty minutes in those games. He is outstanding to watch just because of how much of a, a fighting menace he's out when he's out there so um, is this good for the sport I think it is we don't see a lot of guys like this who are really only in the lineup to fight um, we've seen a couple fights from Rempe we saw Matt Matt Martin challenge him in the, his debut 
Um, there's another guy from the Columbus Blue Jackets that challenged him, and Nick Delorier as well. So he's sticking up for himself. He's making a good presence. He's even getting mentioned on my podcast. So I'm I'm saying he's doing a good job by getting people to understand who he is and getting his name out there. So um, look out for him if you want to look for some big hits, big fights, and you know watch the Rangers. Watch out for number 72, uh, Matt Rempe. And lastly, World Juniors of 2027 has been announced where it's going to be located. It's going to be in Alberta, Canada. So Alberta will be getting the 27 World Junior Championships. All right, let's head to soccer now. We're going to start off in the Carabao Cup. was played by Liverpool and Chelsea. And Liverpool ended up coming out on top in that game. Putting Liverpool on top of all English teams with the most uh, Carabao Cups finals wins so congrats to Liverpool another trophy for uh, Klopp as well Jurgen Klopp uh, we'll head to Germany now Bayern Leverkusen they are the top team in the Bundesliga and they have become the first team in German football history to go 33 games unbeaten in all competitions that is outstanding by Leverkusen I'm very excited to see what's going to happen because everyone thinks Bayern Munich is that team to beat in German in Germany soccer and when we see a team like this, who are definitely going to challenge them for not just the, the title of the league, but potentially other stuff as well, um, I'm very excited to see where this team goes. So Leverkusen is making history, and I don't think they're going to stop anytime soon. So very curious to see how, how much longer this unbeaten streak will go on. And lastly, just quick news, Women's Gold Cup is going off and uh, the U.S. women's national team of course is one of the favorites in that tournament. Yesterday they played their last group stage before they get into uh, the quarters I believe and they played the Mexican women's national team who honestly have not been very good against the U.S. women's national team and ended up putting up a huge upset 2-0 win for the Mexican team. Uh, they actually go on top of Group A because of this win. It's actually the, the first CONCACAF loss on U.S. soil by the U.S. since 2000. It ends an 80-game 80, 80 unbeaten streak at home, and it's actually the first win for the Mexican side against the U.S. since 2010. So very good win by the U.S. or by Mexico, but for the U.S., a lot to be worried about. I don't think this team is going in the right direction. I don't think this team's actually going to be competitive when it comes to World Cup time, Olympics, anything when it comes to big competitions anymore. Um, they should be able to win this CONCACAF uh, Gold Cup, but I, I'm not even positive when you lose to teams like Mexico where they've been dominating them the last 10 years. So I don't know what's truly going to happen with the U.S. women's national team, but I don't think it's heading in the right direction. So they got to figure it out now because it is looking very bad and it's very embarrassing for that team. All right, let's head to NASCAR. Not a lot to talk about. Didn't get to watch too much of the race, but did get to watch enough of it. Telling that it was probably one of the better races when it came to not just racing, but a lot of accidents, a lot of cautions in this one. One of probably the most we've seen in recent history when it comes to not just Atlanta, but just all tracks in general. But this one ended in one of the closest finishes we have maybe ever seen in NASCAR. Ended up being the top three racers, finished within seven thousandths of a second that is two zeros before you hit the seven that is a crazy close finish let's get into the results daniel suarez won this one by a total of 0.003 seconds three thousandths of a second over ryan blaney who got second in this one very close kyle bush came up 
uh, seven thousandths of a second behind in third. Fourth, we have Austin Sidrick. Five, Bubba Wallace. Six, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Seven, Ross Chastain. Number eight was Michael McDowell. Number nine was Chris Busher. And 10 was Ty Gibbs. That was your top 10 of Atlanta. All right, let's head to college football now. ESPN has announced that they have reached a new deal with the College Football Playoff Committee. They have reached a $7.8 billion for six years of broadcasting the playoffs through their um, their broadcasting systems, ABC and ESPN. That will be from now to the 2031-32 season, which is pretty normal. We've seen ESPN hosting most of these um, championship games I think for as long as I've known, I think it's oh, the championship games have always been on ESPN. So um, to have it be $7.8 billion, that is crazy. But, I mean, I guess that's the market for this kind of stuff. I'm not too sure. But that, that's just a crazy number to throw out there. UCLA announced that they are finalizing a deal to bring in Eric Bieniemy as their new OC. Um, Bieniemy was the offense coordinator at Washington, and before that, he was over at Kansas City. Both the NFL teams won a uh, Super Bowl with Kansas City. So I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the Bruins. I think it's going to be a very solid offense, as long as they could bring back a lot of the same guys and kind of get that that team back with, a, honestly, a hard season, I think, for them in the Big Ten. UMass announced earlier today uh, that they will become the 13th member in the MAC. Um, starting in 2025-26 season. This means that UConn and Notre Dame will be the only two teams that do not have a conference. They'll be the only independent schools in the D1 division. UMass is actually um, very familiar with the MAC. They played for four seasons in there from 20, uh, 2012 to 2015. So UMass back in the MAC. Very curious to see how that goes. UMass is an absolute garbage conf or team. So maybe this is going to help them being in a conference, but... Uh, I, I don't have a lot of faith in UMass at all, so I don't think they're going to be any any good. Uh, those matching teams actually are pretty solid, so um, excited to see what happens with that, though. And last thing to talk about with this, we got college uh, potentially acquiring helmet comms. Um, this means that as early as 2024 season, we could be getting uh, communication systems from the head coaches to the players on the field like the NFL does. So no more of those those cards with the, the crazy signs and stuff like that or all those, those players on the sidelines wearing different colored t-shirts or hats giving off different uh, hand signals. So no more of that by the sounds of it. It sounds like we're going to go to helmet comms, which I think is a long time coming. I think I'm fine with that move. So um, I'm curious to see when it's going to happen because none of the dates are confirmed, but we could see it as early as this upcoming year. College hockey, let's head into the rankings, of course. We'll start off at number one, Boston College, that stays put. And number two, BU, they stay put as well. North Dakota gets a plus one to three. Wisconsin gets a plus two to four. Denver drops two to five. Michigan State also drops two to six. Quinnipiac, Minnesota, and Maine all stay put at seven, eight, nine. Number 10 is Providence. They drop up two spots. Colorado College drops one to 11. Western Michigan drops one to 12. Cornell drops two to 13. UMass stays put at 14. St. Cloud State stays put at 15. Michigan and New Hampshire both jump up one to 16, 17, along with Omaha and RIT to 18 and 19. And ASU drops two to 20. Other receiving votes that had double digits, Northeastern at 50 and Holy Cross at 11. Before we get into the Arizona State update of the week, I want to shout out a Hofstra goaltender, uh, Spiderian Markielos. 
Uh, he made 95 saves out of 98 shots versus Sacred Heart last weekend during their playoffs. Unfortunately, Sacred Heart did win 33-2 excuse me, uh, in the four-overtime game. But 98 shots, saving 95 of them. Great job. Uh, Shout-out to you. But holy cow, like that's got to be the most tiring game I think I've ever heard of for a goaltender. So um, outstanding performance. Unfortunate that you just did not get the offense there, though. Uh, let's head to the Arizona State update of the week. ASU somewhat improved, I guess. I mean, they're now at 27-6. and six. They split this, the weekend series but win the overall season series against Alaska Fairbanks. Friday, they lost 3-1. to one on, and on Saturday, they won in overtime 4-3. to three. So overall, when you look at that, not terrible, not a bad weekend. But offense was not great in these two games. Um, not going to talk too much about Saturday, but let's talk about Friday because this was an eventful Friday. Probably most of you guys already know what's going on. If you have some sort of social media that follows hockey accounts or college hockey accounts, you know what happened. Crazy penalty minutes in that Friday contest. A total of 247 PIMS in this one. Arizona State had 116, Fairbanks 131. This is the most penalties or most of the penalties leading up to the mayhem. We're very common penalties, so nothing crazy, tripping, hooking, cross-checking, nothing to get the the teams so mad at themselves that they were going to put out over 200 penalty minutes here. But it did start after Brandon Tabakin did tie it up with about five minutes left in the game. Not long after, he got called for checking from behind, initially called a two, was reviewed, turned into a five, and a game misconduct. So he... That kind of led a lot of sparks going up, and not long after, Alaska would tally two power play goals, a lot of scrums happening here and there, and players trying to throw down, but no no punches really were thrown too much, so a lot of players going towards the box, so started tallying more and more of those penalty minutes, and 16 seconds left, puck was uh, or faceoff was down low in the defensive zone for Arizona State. ASU won the draw down to the corner. Uh, Murchison, uh, which you guys know him from the interview we had, um, he actually, is, if you look at it, kind of got jumped by a couple players. It was a five on three at that point because ASU was down two men at that point. And they're just trying to burn out the clock. 16 seconds, ASU's not going to come back. They're not going to try and pressure to try and score two goals in 16 seconds. That's unrealistic at that point. Just walk it off, go to the locker room, get ready for Saturday. Fortunately, Alaska went after went after them, turned into a big scrum. Behind the play, we get two guys coming out of the penalty box, Tucker Ness of Arizona State and Dawson Bruenski from Alaska. They go out, out of the box after they would just put in there five seconds beforehand and decide they're just going to fight at the center of ice. No gloves, no, no helmets, no nothing. They just pop out of the box start throwing haymakers at each other. I'm not going to show the video. I'll show a couple screenshots and pictures of it. You guys can go look it up. Um, but at, in the spur of the moment, I think, oh, yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. Thinking about it now, I it's, it's settled in. I've thought about it. I've wrote about it. And I do not think this is a great spur of the moment kind of feel from um, a team like Arizona State. I mean, this team needs to get into – an independent spot for the tournament and they're struggling to stay as, as a top 20 top 20 school right now because they are slowly going down they're not a great road team and with this game being a loss they need to look forward to next game so you know that they need to get wins they need to prove to the committee that like hey like we're supposed to be in there get us a chance we're gonna we won't disappoint kind of thing 
and then this shit happens, and it turns into a giant fight. We have over 240 penalty minutes being called between the two teams. Um, Ness ends up getting a um, a five minute for fighting, five minute for leaving the bench. Uh, to fight and then a 10 minute game misconduct um, so I was 20 minutes just by that plus uh, Bruinski as well they both got that um, after the fact uh, head coach Greg Powers did announce that uh, Tucker Ness has been suspended for the rest of the season will not be involved in any hockey related activities till the season's over we don't know if this means that he will be coming back for Arizona State he is only a sophomore I honestly would think he might he might consider transferring. I think something like this, even though I was reading an interview, uh, he says that um, this is unlike Ness, his reactions. I happened to play with the guy in a, an ice league out here once, and it was only a short six to eight week season, I think, or something like that. It wasn't very long, but I did play with him, and you could tell he kind of was a hothead. I mean, you, you watch the games as well. He's the easiest guy to get under her skin. And I don't mean this is the, the worst way. Everybody plays with those guys, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, hockey, whatever sport you play. There's always that one guy out there that you know you could kind of get under your skin, and that's Ness. I mean, unfortunately, it happens to be Ness, and unfortunately, it, it led to all this, which it, it looks terrible, and I think it looks bad for not just Arizona State, but their chances of getting into the into the tournament and it leads to now Ness is suspended the rest of the year where yeah he wasn't playing every single game because he wasn't getting that that defensive spot usually Alami or a Dowd was taking his position but regardless I mean he is playing I think about 18 or 19 games this year so he was making a contribution to the team but now he's done for the rest of the year and now they had that lingering over them and who knows I mean I think personally antics like that is going to put Arizona State outside of the bubble of potentially being a, a team in the tournament. So because of all this, I think ASU will not be making the tournament despite potentially winning the last four games of the year. I mean, I think that's going to be great if they did. It will be awesome to put in the record book because they're actually one win away from uh, the franchise record or the uh, program record of season season. Uh, single season wins. Excuse me. Holy cow. Could not get that one out. Um, so, I mean, it, it's tough to watch. And I'm, yeah, spur of the moment, it looks awesome. It's it's fun. Everyone says hockey fights should be in college, but not like that. Not, not like that whatsoever. So hopefully he learned his lesson and hopefully he won't do anything like that again. But I think it does end up costing ASU a ton outside of just looking bad on social media and ended up, I, I'm hoping it, it's not too bad, but it, it might be bad. Uh, this upcoming weekend, though, they will be back home for the weekend fin or the season finale at home against uh, Long Island. So potentially good contest there. If they're able to put up two good wins, maybe they climb in the rankings depending on what happens outside. So all you got to do is you got to play for yourself. Go out 4-0 on the year beat Long Island at home the last two games, then go up back to Alaska to play Anchorage and win those two games and then give them a hard decision to say, no, you're not going to the tournament. So make it hard on the committee to say no, but it, it's going to be um interesting la last two weeks here for Arizona State. So I hope the best for them, but I, to me, it's not looking very good. 
right, let's head to softball now. Let's get into the rankings, of course. Number one, Oklahoma, they stay put, not moving. Honestly, I don't think they're going to move at all this year, so don't be surprised if you hear Oklahoma at number one for the rest of the year. Two, we got Texas. Three, Georgia. Four, Washington. Then we got the first move, and LSU gets a plus two to five. Oklahoma's or excuse me, Duke stays put at six. Oklahoma State gets a plus two to six. They're both tied at six there. Eight, we got Tennessee. They drop three spots. Clemson stays put at nine. Stanford gets a plus two to 10. Alabama drops one to 11. FSU drops one to 12. Missouri stays put at 13. Kentucky gets a plus one to 14. Uh, Florida gets a plus one to 14, 15, excuse me. Arkansas gets a plus two to 16. Baylor gets a plus five to 17. Texas A&M drops 1 to 18. UCLA stays put at 19. Virginia Tech gets a plus 1 to 20. Arizona gets a plus 2 to 21. South Carolina drops 4 to 22. Mississippi State drops 3 to 23. Cal goes from unranked to 24. And Auburn drops 1 to 25. Uh, the only team to drop out this weekend was Oregon. And other receiving votes that were double digits happen to be Oregon leading the reign uh, at 26. SDSU at 15. Boston University at 14, and Louisiana at 11. So upsets of the weekend. We got one more week of tournament play. Then we're back into conference play. So we're going to go day by day on the upsets of the week. And we got... We'll start off with Thursday, number 8, Oklahoma State, beat number 4, Washington, 7-0. SDSU beating number 13, Missouri, 3-2. Friday, number 21, Virginia, Virginia Tech, beat number 3, Georgia, 5-4. Fullerton beats number 5, Tennessee, in 6 innings, 11-2. And Wichita State beats number 14, Arkansas, 3-1. Saturday, Nebraska beat number 25, Oregon 6-0. Northern Iowa beat number 24, Auburn 4-2. South Alabama beats number 18, South Carolina 5-2. Kansas beats number 17, Texas A&M 1-0. Stanford uh, beats number 2, Texas 4-3 in 8 innings. Number 22, Baylor beats number 19, UCLA 5-3. Fresno State beats number 20, Mississippi State 3-1. And number 22, Baylor beats number 13, Missouri 5 to 4. And only one upset on Saturday or on Sunday, excuse me, number 19 UCLA beats number 5 Tennessee 6 to 2. So a lot of upsets this past weekend. Um I expected to probably be be the same tournament style. You only play them once. So usually we get a lot of upsets there. So AS, ASU update of the weekend. This team looked very good. I was able to watch um Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So I'll get into each game kind of my my thoughts. So uh, Thursday game I did not get to watch. That was against Texas State. They lost 12-2. to um, Not too sure what really happened in that one, but doesn't look like it was a very good game. Um, but the Tigers, or excuse me, the Bobcats, I will shout them out. They went 5-0 and on the weekend in this Invitational. So great weekend by Texas State. They ended up outscoring pretty much everybody to, to the max there. So great job by the Bobcats. Uh, we had Friday, though, Arizona State played Seton Hall. They won that one 4-2, and Ohio State 12-10. That one ended in 10 innings. We'll start off with the Seton Hall game. I did see that one. I thought that was a pretty solid game. A little interesting. I thought that they left a little too many uh, girls on base, though. Um, overall, not a bad game, though. I think Arizona State looked pretty pretty solid in that one. I didn't think Seton Hall had a very good offense in that one, so um, the pitching looked very good. When it came to the Ohio State game, Ohio State jumped out 6-0, so it didn't look very good. And then by by then, I think it was 3-0 when I left because I went over to baseball to watch their game on Saturday. So I was tuning in a little bit to see what's going on. Pretty much a back-and-forth game, though, once Arizona State was able to get that game tied. 
I think teams did score every inning in the extra innings, so it just came down to who was going to score one more. Arizona State happened to score two more and win that one 12-10. So then we head to Saturday, Utah Valley. They beat them 9-4. Pretty good offensive game there, a lot of lot of hits in that one. And then we got Idaho, Idaho State. It was a 5-1 final um, in eight innings. ASU did end up winning this one, and you might be wondering how they get five points in that walk-off grand slam so of course we had the extra inning rule where you put the runner on second base they intentionally walked two runners and loaded it up for Sharon Cunningham first pitch she smacked it probably the farthest ball I've ever seen in person when it came to a home run in softball that thing was absolutely smoked got him the win five to one overall offense did not look good in that game it was all pitching from Idaho State they looked great the girl who ended up getting the loss in this game pitched that whole game she pitched outstanding I mean I thought she was going to win it hands down by themselves for the the Bengals but uh, Sharon Cunningham just took that one pitch for a long way so uh, great job by uh, ASU just to get that one one more swing in that one and then on Sunday, they had one game against New Mexico State. They lost that one 8-10. to This was bad p- pitching. I mean, hands down, bad pitching. I think they left in this relief pitcher for way too long. She gave up five or six runs, and I thought she wasn't doing terrible, but she was struggling, you could tell. She was getting up a lot of, lot of hits and just didn't seem like she was finding the plate very well. And it cost them. It, she gave up a three-run and a two-run bomb, I believe. So it ended up costing them the the game in this one so uh, great job by the Aggies but ASU they got to figure out their their pitching because their pitching looks a little little shaky to start off the year all right let's head to baseball now so we'll start off with the rankings Wake Forest stays put at one Arkansas stays put at two along with LSU at three Florida at four and TCU at five Oregon State gets a plus one to six Texas A&M gets a plus one to seven Tennessee gets a plus one to eight Vanderbilt drops three to nine Clemson stays put at 10. East Carolina stays put at 11, and Duke stays put at 12. Virginia gets a plus 1 to 13. NC State drops 1 to 14. Texas jumps up 1 to 15. Alabama jumps up 1 to 16. North Carolina drops 2 to 17. Texas Tech gets a plus 1 to 18. South Carolina gets a plus 2 to 19. Indiana gets a plus 3 to 20. Campbell goes from unranked to 21. Coastal Carolina gets a plus 3 to 22. Auburn goes from unranked to 23. UC Santa Barbara gets a minus 2 to 24, and Dallas Baptist goes from unranked to 25. The only teams to drop out this weekend was Iowa, UCLA, and Kansas State. So let's get into the upsets. So it was weird when I was looking at the upsets. A lot of teams did end up losing maybe one or two games, but um, it was if they lost two games, they're in some sort of tournament. And if they lost one game, they, they won the series 2 to 3. So I'm only going to uh, highlight uh, number 18 Iowa they dropped two games one on Friday to Auburn five to seven and they dropped the Sunday matchup against Wichita State uh, six to twelve so that's really the only upset that I saw that was worth mentioning so next week we if we have another tournament I'll probably do it the same way we did softball go day by day um, so we'll see but right now the only big upsets were Iowa really struggling this week and ended up costing them a top 25 spot uh, shout out to Arkansas Razorbacks pitcher Hagen Smith, though. Uh, he threw the, probably the best game of his, his life ever, unless he's thrown a perfect game or no hitter before. 17 strikeouts in, in six innings of, of work. The first 15 outs of that game were all strikeouts. So great job by Smith. I don't know um, 
why they, Arkansas took him out. I'm guessing probably pitch count if it were all strikeouts. But outstanding performance by Smith. I'm very curious to see what this guy will do the rest of the year. So keep Hagen Smith's name in your head because might be one of the star pitchers of the season. All right, ASU update of the weekend. ASU is 5-3 now. They split their four-game series against Ohio State this past weekend. They did, as you guys watched last week, the Wednesday news, they did beat Kansas State. It was popped up on, on the board because when I was editing, they they won. When I was recording, they had not played yet. So uh, Ohio State ended up coming in and were smoking in with the bats. I mean, that bat was going crazy for, for the Buckeyes. A lot of offense in this one. So, uh, ASU's got to figure out the pitching, both on the softball and baseball side. I think the pitching's probably going to be the struggle here on both both teams. So, it's going to be maybe who wins the, the who wins the battle to seven runs, unfortunately. So, they can figure that out. They have a chance, but ASU, they got to figure that out quickly because this p- upcoming weekend, they're going to Texas to play in the Kabuta College Baseball Series, and they got tough opponents. Uh, we got Friday against number seven, Texas AM, Saturday against number five, TCU, and then Sunday back against number seven, Texas AM. So if you win one of those games, definitely going to look good. If you win two of those games, you're going to look really good. If you sweep the weekend, you're going to look outstanding. Realistically, I don't know if they're going to win either of these games. Um, it's going to be tough matchups for sure, but I think it's going to be a good contest for Arizona State going into the following weekend. So I'm very excited to see what, what they're doing against this Texas teams. But it's going to be hard. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be very difficult. All right, games to watch this weekend. We'll start off with the NHL. Jets and Hurricanes, that'll be Saturday, 10.30 a.m. on NHL Network. Soccer, I'll send you to La Liga. We got Valencia, Valencia versus Real Madrid, Saturday at 1 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. Uh, we got hockey, number six, Michigan State versus number four, Wisconsin. That's a good Big Ten matchup right there. Softball, number 21, Arizona versus number 11, Alabama, Friday at 5.30 p.m. SEC Network+. Plus. I think that is on ESPN+, Plus as well. And lastly, baseball number 10, Clemson versus number 19, South Carolina. That is a three-game set. Little battle of Carolina right there. So that should be a good one for baseball. All right, guys. Hey, that will do it for this episode. Thank you guys for, for listening or watching. If you guys are watching, make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe and that little bell icon so you guys are notified when the new episodes are dropping. If you guys are listening to it, give us a, a five-star rating. Helps us. Uh, grow the program even more check out the links down below for our instagram and twitter we always post when we make new episodes and we're trying tiktok it's on my personal account so we'll see how it goes um i'm not a huge tiktoker but it might work out in our favor so we'll see how it goes but keep an eye out for tiktoks as well we also do an instagram reel so if you have instagram and you follow that it will be the same content as well so follow on both but if you don't have tiktok it will be the same content on instagram reel so check that out as well episode 98 in the books appreciate you guys listening or watching hope you have an awesome weekend and we'll see you guys later